What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, June 2nd, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Not Giving Up Zoe. Not Giving Up. I have to keep saying it to myself over and over so I can don't do it. Uh, and with me, as always, is Mr. Aldo Soto. Well, in case you do give up, uh, you know, the great nope. thing about Jose Abreu nope. getting hot is that you can get a solid prospect when you trade him in July. He literally just hit a base hit as you said that. He's getting hot. Yeah, that's what trade value is going up. You guys can fill up your farm system finally. I'm, although, I already <laughs> want to fight you over the garbage you're trying to give me from the Cubs. Don't. Don't go down the Jose Abreu road. Hey, I'm just trying to give you a good hitter. Not tonight, bud. Not tonight. Just don't. <laughs> and, the, and I also want to pre-warn everybody. Fids warned all of us, so I'm going to warn everybody else. Fids drank some, like, nitro, like, caffeine, like, crazy Red Bull on steroids drink. Like the band Four Loco. Loco. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He basically shotgunned a band Four Loco. So the good Reverend K Fids, what's up? It, well, hey, it was more of a nitro coffee with uh, a little meth. <laughs> Just a zoom in on you. <laughs> and uh, uh, a little bit of crack thrown in there a little bit too. Uh, what's as that well white as stuff around your Cubs emblem? Some, some greenies. And so, oh man, it's just, it's just an allergy running those. Um, but no, yeah, we're, we're, this is a, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of energy tonight. Uh, what can I say? It's a, you know, I'm here. Okay, good. That's good. You can even me out because I have none. Um, and that very quiet, very patient fourth member on the screen. And for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, you'll see him a lot more around this show. Um, it's been a while since we've had a fourth guy on the show. You know, Nuke just kind of like disappeared. I'm pretty sure he's on milk cartons. Uh, that was like two years ago he bounced. But um, i like everybody to meet our White Sox correspondent, White Sox lead writer for Sports Mockery. Uh, we're going to tell you our plans for him in a little bit here, but uh, that is Mitchell Kaminsky. What's good? What's going on, buddy? Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Good to be here. Wish we had a little bit more uh, or White Sox. Better news to talk about as far as the Sox concerned, but, you know, what are you going to do? We'll get there. We'll get there. So we're going to talk about uh, where Mitch is going to fit in here. Uh, we got, we're going to talk about Andrew Vaughn, uh, can't guarantee Fitz is going to keep his pants on for that part of the show. Uh, we're going to talk first about, off, first off, who said I'm wearing any pants? Fair. Uh, and then get into just bad little league base running on both sides of town. Cubs showing, uh, I really like what the Cubs are doing because where they're at as a team, I like that the players, you're the one though, you're the one guy. Hope. No, well, because you know how I like to look at things, and you want guys like Morrell and shit like that to be playing well right now. That's your future. You know, White Sox, when we thought we were had a good team, we got excited over shit like this, too. Um, and we're going to field your questions, because I'm going to have to take people down a peg or two, I feel like, tonight. But... It's all right. I'm ready. By the to... way, Josh speaking facts in the in the YouTube comments. No, see, that's stop. Although, don't feed these people, man. Um, so he's saying facts. So. No, he's not. Uh, all this and who knows where the hell this is gonna go. Let's tap this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. 
It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can put it on a boy, yeah. Put it on a boy. Every season make it all change. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on the push notifications. So anytime, Mitch, do you go by Mitchell or Mitch? Either one's fine. Uh, Mitch, you, usually. All right. What are your friends yeah. call you? Mitch. Okay. Thank you. Because I am not, I was like, I, how long, do I got to keep calling this guy Mitchell? Yeah, I didn't want that Mitchell Trubisky again because right. really that worked out. Yeah, he's already he's already got me beat. He says his friends call him, and you could just end the sentence right there. So that's good. Oh, I'll be really <laughs> fun. Um, but so turn on the push notifications. Any breaking White Sox news, Cubs news, uh, Mitch, <clears throat> although they're all over it, you'll get the news before anybody else. Uh, Sports mockery and sportsmockery.com. Make sure you turn that on. So uh, as I said in the intro, uh, we got there. You go, Mitch. I like that. I buddy. got you. <laughs> Attention to detail. I like that. So we got Mitch. Kaminsky on the show. Um, so Mitch has recently taken over the lead writer spot at SM for the White Sox. So all you people that bitch, oh, you guys don't write about the White Sox enough. That all goes to Mitch now. Uh, <laughs> so um, Mitch, real quick, like in a like two minute, whatever, just tell people a little bit about yourself, where you come from, how you got here. Go for it, bud. Yeah, so been a, a lifelong White Sox diehard. I uh, went to Bradley University. I recently graduated like two weeks ago or so with a sports communication and journalism major. So uh, I jumped. I started with Sports Mockery around, I think, uh, September of 2020. Uh, so, yeah, uh, maybe you've seen a couple articles pop up from here and there. But, uh, yeah, just uh, been grinding on that and. That's not much. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <Not> much. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't worry, folks. We'll break him in. He's like, turn on are long Will walks it. in the parks and fuzzy toilet seats. Turn offs are, um, I got nothing. Yep. So I was just trying, trying to push you into it a little bit. Um, yeah. So I want to start right away because we love the comment section. Mitch, I don't know if you know how to see the comments. It's in the top right corner. You hit comments. Yeah, I got them. Okay, so the first one, before we even went on, Josh Lopez, appreciate you, buddy, on YouTube, which please, everybody, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, White Sox need to be sellers. <clears throat> Sorry, bud. That gets a big, although do the button thing. I agree with him. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> the White Sox right, do not right, need right, to right. So here, I'll, I will start. The White Sox do not need to be sellers. Okay, because this team has been built to win this year. There's no, I don't see it any other way. It's just not clicking right now on June 1st, June 2nd, whatever day you're listening to this. But there is signs of life. And I don't think they're going to be sellers. In fact, I actually think it's going to go the other way. And they're going to be in the mindset of they're missing a piece or two. And they're going to try to be a buyer even though they have no farm to buy with. That's the other I, thing. They have nothing to sell. Ask, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're all hitting like 210, so yeah, there yeah. really isn't much to sell. No. 
I don't know. Mitch, Mitch, like, what do you do? Who are you trading for? We've been having this conversation for like the past two weeks. The White Sox have no farm system, but you need at least one more bat. So who do you even get? Oof. Who can you get? That, I, that, that's the thing. I don't even know. I, I, mm, I exactly. wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> like, there's really, yeah, and there's nothing really to sell. I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed because you saw last year the the the, the Rick Hunt special is promoting people from within. So maybe a little Yolbert Sanchez action. I know he's swinging a hot bat, so uh, that could be you know give the lineup a little bit of a boost. Yeah, no, that's that's see, you're already a pro, Mitch, because that's the safest answer you could possibly say on this show. Because now you won't get torched in the comments. Because yes, everybody loves Yolbert Sanchez because the most popular players in Chicago are the backup quarterback, the backup goalie. And whatever prospect has buzz around them on both sides of town. Everybody loves that. That's who everybody loves yeah. those guys until they get here. I think Gilbert Sanchez definitely deserves a shot. I'm actually kind of surprised with the Tim Anderson news that he is still not here yet. Maybe they're waiting until they get back in America. But um, no, I think hopefully that could be it. We're seeing life from Jose Abreu, which is really funny because of like 50 million people on Twitter said he was done. Trade so you, that. Yeah. That's shut the fuck up. <laughs> not crazy, you know, uh, well, this is the other thing, Mitch. All those gonna try to pawn off like bad Cubs players on us. That's not true. No, the no, they're not bad. Mm-hmm. No, it's fair. Yeah, see, this is I'm telling you guys, you get lot. what do you get, Mitch? What do you guys need? You know it. You need uh, you need a left-handed outfielder who can hit right-handed pitching. Rafael the Cubs. Ortega. Nah, I was gonna it. say, do yeah, the Cubs have any of those? Yeah, don't, don't don't fall for that. Don't fall for it. He's trying to he's trying to now bait you in. Mention it. I'd like to show you this property yeah. here on my left. So a wall. Never mind. All right. I just wanted to address that question. But the first things first. The the big news though on the field stuff is the Tim Anderson injury. Uh, White Sox and the Cubs split Saturday Sunday. If you watch that game Sunday, bless you, because that was just horrific baseball. But the second half, actually, it was almost entertaining. It was so bad, but um, still bad. No, it was very bad. It was it was very bad baseball. Uh, but Tim Anderson uh, playing the ball to his left, made the play, went down, and like did like a Michael Jackson right away. Just went right for the groin. Got helped off the field, and you know a guy like T.A. T.A.'s got, you know, as the the meme going around Twitter this season, he's got, like, 99-grade dog in him. Like, that's T.A. to a point. Like, he won't – you know he has to be hurt, hurt to be doing that shit. And uh, White Sox fans collectively held their breath for what seemed like five years, but it was two days waiting for any kind of news. Uh, way to, you know, pause for dramatic effect there. Um, and the news that came out was 10-day DL. Now, people brought up that Aaron Crochet was, or Garrett Crochet was put on the 10-day DL when he first, but they told us right away he was getting Tommy John. This is just how things go. But TA goes on the 10-day DL. Uh, Tony LaRussa said that depending on how quick he heals, he's thinking two, three weeks. There's no question about it over the last X amount of seasons. The, the saying goes, this team goes, this TA goes. And he's been unreal so far this year. 
best hitting shortstop in baseball. The errors. He had a bad start of the season. The defense started turning around as he got hurt. Groin injuries suck. Groin injuries are nagging. Um, but I, if he comes back in two, three weeks, and this lines up with Aloy coming back if he doesn't kill himself first, and Lance Lynn possibly coming back, that's a huge if. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why I say I'm not giving up on this team. I'm not giving up on this team. But it almost feels like reinforcements are coming. And Fids is someone that you always, you love to say that TA is the one that stirs. The straw that stirs the drink. drink. I mean, dude, two, three weeks without TA, how big of that is a hit in the locker room, not having a guy like that. Here's the thing too. You're going to probably see though, when, when guys like him, when, when straws that stir the drink, you know, when those guys that are like the pop mixers, in a clubhouse, they go down. There is a, 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 an early jump for the rest of the team to usually, usually at least, to pick up the slack. They usually come out pretty hot. I mean, you've seen a lot of teams rally around a missing superstar and and hold at least hold the line long enough for them to get back healthy. And a lot of times, you see them come out really hot out of the gate. And sometimes it plateaus out after you know the maybe the energy wears off as far as like let's do this for Tim. Mm-hmm. But I mean, th- there's no excuse for this team not to like rally around. Hey, look, Tim has carried us. He's out for a second. Let's carry it for Tim. Until he gets back, and 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 you know these soft tissue injury injuries keep coming up. You got Luis Roberts now back, so you know you're you're sacrificing one to get the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I think you can maybe you know if if there's if there is a pulse in that locker room, I don't know how they can't rally around something like this. Like I, I just I, it's it's hard to believe if unless they're you know dead in the water, they're going to find a way to use this as some sort of locker room bulletin board kind of thing, and and you know follow that kind of momentum. I definitely. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then, Mitch, though, to your earlier point, you brought up Yolbert Sanchez. And when T.A. went down, immediately a lot of people thought, you know, is this the time? Is this Yolbert's call-up, you know, with the vacancy there? Do you think two, three weeks of T.A. on the shelf is enough for them to call up Yolbert? Probably not, knowing how conservative they usually are. I actually see this as a huge opportunity for Danny Mendick, though, because mm-hmm. he's a guy that's bounced up and down from AAA a lot. Uh, and he's like 14 times, I think, since last year. So I think he's a scrappy player that knows, like, hey, he's getting his shot. I think it's a kick in the pants for him. Uh, and if you look at his last two games, they're actually hitting pretty well. He had two hits last night, and I know the base running blunder and everything, but he had two hits, <laughs> two RBIs. He's a pretty good defender out of all. Like, he has not made an error at shortstop yet uh, in his uh, MLB career. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a little extra motivation for him because he knows he doesn't get many chances. So let's see if he can grab the uh, bull by the horn, so to speak, and take advantage. He's looked good early on. And, you know, obviously Danny Mendek on a contending team, not I- ideal, but you know, for two weeks, I think you can weather the storm with him, especially if it wakes up the, the rest of the lineup because Tim Anderson is really doing all the heavy lifting. So I think now it's kind of a kick in the pants, like, hey, 214 or whatever everyone's batting, like, this isn't good enough. Like, gotta pick up some slack here. No, I'm with you. And so I guess we should have probably explained this to you before the show. There's this thing called the pinwheels bump. And you just said Danny Mendick doesn't have an error yet this season. There's a ball going through his legs in about 10 minutes. No, no, his entire career. So this yeah. is going to be a, a huge joke. No, but I'm, I mean. If you do want some, some positive real quick, Zoe, I'm sure you'll. Oh, no. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Scratch it. I was going to show you guys the uh, piss missile that um, Eloy just or did a couple, like about 45 minutes ago, hit one off the pitcher's foot on a piss missile in his first hit. Down, he uh, get, but he didn't get hurt, right? No, 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 no. It, he okay. hit it hard. But I was well, just it's fine. It. He hit it hard as when he tried the first time, and then he got to first base, and he was like, "Nope, 
So <laughs> the swing's fine. It's the running part that's hard. <laughs> so yeah, we. But I'm okay with Danny Mendick, as you like you said, as like a band aid. He has been hitting. Uh, the fielding obviously is solid. But let's talk about that play in question because this got Fids a little fired up on the Twitter machine. Uh, he was, you know, taking bullets from all angles on that one. But uh, to paint a picture, if you will, uh, runners on first and third, uh, one out. Um, I forgot who was at the plate. Oh, Grandall. Yeah, Jesus, he actually made contact, so that's probably why I forgot. Uh, Grandall's at the plate. Socks are down uh, a run. Andrew Vaughn, who had four, ended up having four hits in that game, was – on deck, uh, Grandall did his job. Finally, he hit a long fly ball left field. Good sacrifice fly. Should be a tie ball game. And now you got Andrew Vaughn up with a runner on first. Uh, instead, uh, Reese McGuire tags from third. Kind of comes in a little slow. Looks back and sees like, oh shit, and try to make up the difference and get home in time. But uh, for some reason. Still unbeknownst to me, Danny Mendick decided to tag up from first and test the throw from left field and was tagged out at second base uh, before the run crossed the plate. Run doesn't count. White Sox lose by one, which we all knew was going to happen. As soon as that happened, I tweeted out, White Sox are going to lose by one. It's That's just how the season's been going. Now, Fids, you were pretty heavy tweeting that Reese should have been – Chucking his ass home. Yeah, well, I mean, still there? I'm still here. Can you hear me? No, I know, but are you oh, still in that mindset? Like I, that? That'll never change. No. I, I, look, dude. He, he, yes, it was Mendick is primarily responsible for it. But let's be honest. If you're not spectating and you're you're jogging your first five or six steps to the plate, watching the action in the outfield that you don't need to be watching at all, get your ass to home and then check it out. He, look, we saw that we saw the pause, the freeze frame of when. The punch out occurred at second. He was about a step, a step and a half, maybe two steps maximum from getting on the plate. And I do believe that the 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 spectating part cost him at least two steps. If he wasted five steps, he wasted, you know, that's two steps you could have made up at some point. And so is it his fault? You know, no, but look, shit's so fucked up for the White Sox right now that somebody, somebody, I mean, this is the, this is that moment in a season where, you know, you throw everybody in the shower and you run in there and you throw all the bats in the shower and you yell everybody and you have your whole big old speech like in Bull Durham and you, you know, how we, it's a miracle. Like you've got that whole thing, you know, what are they, what, you lollygag around the infield, you know, you're going to do the whole thing and, and you eat somebody's lunch and you do have to make an example. You have to chop somebody's head off um, sometimes. And I, look, I don't know how the numbers looked, you know, that's one thing you got to take into consideration, I guess, because Grandal was, you know, DHing. But um, I mean, the fact is, at this point, everything seems to be so off and off keel that maybe you do need to kick somebody in the ass a little bit. And and you want to do it with somebody that can take it. Someone that, you know, I think the cup had a couple of years ago with Kyle Schwarber. I think they benched, you know, Rossi would never bench Baez, but he benched Schwarber for something far less egregious than like forgetting how many outs there are. And it was because Schwarber could take it. And, you know, you look at who can take it in the locker room. I think that McGuire, because he's a new guy, could have taken it. But, you know, at that point, somebody heads needed to roll there. Like this sloppy baseball, somebody's going to have to pay. Somebody soon. Someone needs to get made an example of. I mean, I, you're not talking about shutting somebody down and dropping them down to you know to another level, but that situation, I would not have faulted Tony LaRusso if he had benched both dudes and said, "Don't fucking do it again." And that's it. And you move on. And you say, "Hey, every single one of you, you play hard through the bag. 
every time. I don't care. We're not good enough right now to, lo- to, to, to take that, to be a spectator, to lollygag a little bit, to, to showboat. Right now, you're an underachieving team. Right now, it should be head down, grind forward, get the job done. All the other stuff needs to kind of stop for a second. I think sometimes a manager has to kind of kibosh that stuff. And I'm not sure if Tony's going to do it or not, but that would have been my moment where I'm like, both of you guys grab a seat. I don't give a shit if we got to send a pitcher out there to play second. Message has got to be sent. If you don't play hard, if you don't play smart, you're done. And that needs to be sent. So both guys were in the lineup today. Mm-hmm. Neither of them sat down at all, right. which is kind of hilarious because it's like they just didn't give a fuck. But the most handsome mailman in the city of Chicago, Mailman Jack, brings up the point I was going to make. How, how much, if any of oh. this, is on the first base coach? Oh, my God. 100%. Yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. that's his job too. You, got, you throw a lasso around. You see him setting up? to tag in that situation. What are you watching as a first base coach? First off, you should be watching his feet anyway. And he's not watching his feet. And if you're not watching his feet, but if you are, you see him set up, you, you, ah, fuck, you trip him. You go out there and trip, untie your shoes. I don't give a shit. Whatever you could do to keep him from running a second, you keep him there. Give him a big old bear hug. I know it's obviously he'd be out anyway, but um, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you communicate, hold, 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 or freeze, 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 something. It's not that loud. Um, I respect. the shit out of Daryl Boston if he would have just tripped him, like kicked his leg, like did like the old like little kid like back trip, like kicked him so he tripped over his legs. But go ahead, Mitch. Sorry. Was- no, I was gonna say I completely agree with Bids. That I mean, the bare minimum you can do, especially when you're not playing well, is hustle. Like he, all he had to do was run home. Like it's it's not asking that much. Now Mendick deserves the majority of the brain, probably uh, Daryl Boston too, especially if he sent him. But like he he should have been hustling home because like he taking a stroll in the park on the way home and you're on a 500 team that's underperforming he's hitting like 205 this year he's not really contributing like the least you can do is hustle and say what you want and i've seen a lot of that with these tony larusa teams there just seems to be a lot of nights that guys take nights off and a lot of lackluster effort and say what you Mm -hmm. want about rick renteria as a manager you hardly ever saw that with him and i know there was instances where some guys were tanking it and he would bench him it's not to mention i'm not saying to bring back rick renteria but like they i agree like someone should have had an ass chewing now as far as the benching of guys i don't think they have enough depth where they can be afford to be benching guys left and right. But I mean, they, there should have at least Tony should have said something in the dugout. Cause that, that was unacceptable on, on both sides. It was dumb baseball, but he should have been running home. The first thing that comes to my mind is when Mankata dogged the ball to first base and Renteria like was at the top of the dugout and didn't even like yep. let him like get all the way to the dugout. He's like yelling like sit your ass down, sit your <laughs> ass down. I was, I was actually I was at that game. It was on the south side, and I was just, that was that's the first thing I think about. Although you've been awfully quiet, my man. I've Lying been waiting this. for this one. I know you're, you're gonna love it, so okay. Because you know what the you know what the White Sox no, I'm, that was gonna be full troll mode. Uh, I was gonna jokingly say, uh, you know, the White Sox need some veteran leadership and needed Dale's Cankle to chew them out after the game. Oh, uh, he's gone now. Uh, by the way, that, that's been like the best news. Like this yeah, entire have we year not had a show Sox. since that happened? No, no, that happened what last? Um, oh my goodness, it was gracious. on Friday. I, that was on. That was. I tweeted it, and my stance still stands. Holy shit, they actually fucking did it. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I, in my head, I didn't see them eating money like that. I really didn't. And, I mean, that to me just kind of shows that it wasn't just on the field. It was the off-the-field shit, too. The oh, no. The it, 
Go his on, comments man. after, like, I wrote an article about that too. Like every game, he sounded like delusional. If it wasn't throwing teammates under the bus, it was always, oh, I'm close. I actually pitched well. If you take away this one pitch, oh, it's just the cutter that's not working. I really threw the ball well. Oh, you know, like the game, he gave up seven earned runs. Like he, not only did he blame the defense, he's like, well, you know, I was getting ground balls, which I wanted. And all of them were like singles up the middle. It's like, good God, man, take some responsibility. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah that no, was that like Cleveland game when he gave up 10 yeah. runs. And yeah. He's like, I, he's going like to play a couple hard hit balls. Yeah, he said, I, I threw two bad pitches that game and that was the <laughs> mitch we got on here i think it was right after that game right after, was just yeah. like just be a decent fucking human being be a decent teammate and he wasn't either of those things and, and it was one thing in 2020 when he, at least he was performing well if he's gonna call out guys but like it at some point i don't know it's it was a bad look uh, the Twins lost again to the Tigers. It'd be really sweet if the White Sox can pick up. They sh- if the White Sox didn't fuck up, I guess, you know, this is hindsight completely, but the White Sox could easily be a game, two games back right now in Minnesota. Minnesota has not been winning lately. I, the White Sox should be running away with this division. I know. <laughs> yeah. Central is awful. I know, but I'm just saying. Oh, well, like, well, speaking about that, and like we talked about the Twins hard schedule in the second half and then the Sox, you know, much easier schedule after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. So these next three weeks, let's say TA is out for the full three weeks. So it's 21 games. Uh, you're already what five back, six back, five back, I think. So like, yeah, I'd have to look at as best right case now. scenario for you, that you guys are thinking is by the end of this three weeks without Tim Anderson, you guys are where in the standings? I've been I stick with it as long as they're within five games at the All Star break. Okay, I feel yeah, good. I feel real good. I mean, if you. I know we talked about it on the show, but like, if you looked at the gauntlet of a second half schedule, the twins have, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, granted the white Sox are in Toronto now and go to Tampa Bay. Like it's not, the white Sox aren't exactly got layups until the all-star break, but uh, if they can stay within five games of Minnesota, which the bats low are, and I'm, we're going to get to the Cubs in just a minute, but the, one of the other big reasons why I'm not giving up on this team. And I, I retweeted it. I forgot who said it now, but right before the show the white Sox pitching has carried them for two months absolutely carried them to keep their head above water at the 500 level and now the pitching is regressing to the mean like it happens every fucking season to every team and it's time for the best to come alive and the white Sox are scoring more than two runs a game which to me is a very positive thing. And we're seeing guys like Jose Abreu's, you know, catch a fire. And then the last guy that I wanted to talk about before we went to the other side of town is fucking professional hitter, Andrew Vaughn. Now, for those of you that don't know, and Mitch, I'm going to bring you up real quick too on this. Fitz has been the biggest Andrew Vaughn fan, especially as a Cubs fan, since the White Sox drafted him. As soon as the White Sox drafted Andrew Vaughn, I got a text, you just drafted a professional fucking hitter. Fitz has been Team Vaughn A1 since day one, and I think everyone's starting to really see why. I mean, he's getting his own segments now on MLB Network. Like, the dude is just hitting the ball. And Fitz, did you see the segment? Which one on the Vaughn? Yeah, yeah. Talking about him yeah. just being just a flat out hitter. He showed all his yeah. cow. Like, but the biggest thing though that I wanted the cow stuff. Like the, the biggest thing though that I want to bring up on that, and as I'm talking about it, I'll try to bring it up and we'll use the clip. Did you notice anything when they put him side by side with his college swing? Yeah, There's he's got some... a higher leg lift. His leg lift is a lot more pronounced as well. I know. I, I noticed that. Um, the leg lift, and then the, the hand was a little lower. Yeah. 
I was say yeah. his finish looked a little bit too. Um, where did, I'm gonna pull up that video again. Actually, I got, it. I got it. I got it. Hold on. Oh, there here we go. We're very prepared on this show, Mitch. You're oh. get, <laughs> you'll get very oh. used to. It. We're we're one of the most prepared shows. And I have to say, uh, Dave, I'm, I'm happy you're watching uh, the show today. But we do have Dave Barista. I can't stop thinking that um, it says Dave Batista, and I'm. I'm yeah, no, I've been thinking about that too. So one of the things that we like to do, we haven't actually done it in a long time since we kind of went out on top and we called Suzuki looks like Mike Trout swing. <laughs> but this is a little Andrew Vaughn breakdown from courtesy of MLB Network. I think if I say that, we can use it, right? Yeah, before you even start, works. Before yeah, you even start right. to, you're going to yeah. see the immediate change because this is him adjusting to the velocity of, the pro, of, of Major League Baseball. He's already got his hands almost in a practical low position. So look where he's wrapped right there at Cal. He's wrapped. That's going to take a lot longer to get around because, again, if you wrap around the head, it's like mm -hmm. going around the world. It takes longer to get around and get down into a baseball. So he's already got his hands out front, ready to go. He's probably – his load, I bet you, is – I was going to say, look at that. Starts, I feel he's going to come down with his hands and then back where he's going to go with uh, – he'll do an actual – obviously, like a like – probably what would that be? Uh, that's 90 degrees. So that'd be like a maybe like a 120-degree angle back, uh, kind of rubber band, slingshot. All right. And then if we play it – so look at the back load, though. On not back load. Look at but though, <laughs> on his MLB one, though. Look at he loads up way more back here. He's way more knock need in college. All right, come on, share. I know you like to hear yourself talk, but let's go. There it is, right there. Oh, look at so it. look at that leg lift. First is more pronounced. I actually think that his lower body. Up until that leg lift isn't much different. He also has larger quads now than he used to have, so that also yeah. makes it. I mean, good. it it's looks like he's got two of his college legs stuffed into one leg in his MLB pants. <laughs> Look but, where he's at, though. Right here. Look on the route of the today. Today's Vaughn too. Yep. That is somebody that is ready. And he's going to be on time, obviously, if his timing is there. But look at he's he's about to come uncoiled with mm -hmm. this swing, and he doesn't have long arms. I mean, he does have. I mean, he's not like a T Rex by any means, but he doesn't. He's not like one of those dudes that have to get long extension. He he's a guy that comes quick and with with the, more of the power. So he looks like he's he's about to obviously come through baseball. Where on the left, look where, look at look at his uh, look. You know, it doesn't change. Look at his left hand. I was gonna say left hand and we, front shoulder. Jazz hands. No, I'm talking fucking jack hands. Look at his jazz oh, hands. Shit. Yeah, jazz hands. He's got front shoulder too, though. Look at that. Square, yep. boom, boom, and also check out my guy in the M and M coat over here with a nice lady up here. I wish I could draw. That if you could draw right a, a red line from the top of the screen straight down, right in front of his left butt cheek, you could see. Look at how oh, look nothing at, moves. Look at his head. There's no movement with his head, no matter what goes on with his lower body. Watch his head. Nothing goes up and down, which obviously helps him see the baseball. It's harder to track when your head's bouncing. So is the ball. But look at his damn leg kick right here, compared to right <laughs> here, dude. Now you want to talk about adjusting to the speed of the MLB game, like but look at his look at his bat wrap too. Yep, and then now he got to a spot, but that's actually the same. That's very similar. His his he's got that left arm oof, extended, but man, it's violent. It's control violence, and it's beautiful. Great right to there. see uh, that quality hitter hitting ninth. Look, at, you could drive a stake from, <laughs> from his left shoulder. You can drive a perfect stake all the way down from his left shoulder, all the way through to his front left foot. That is a perfect finish through point of contact. Yep. So that's your Andrew Vaughn breakdown swing from the collegiate levels to the major league levels. And that's why you need to be watching us live on Wednesday night. So you could actually see what we're talking about. Although we should probably like put a message before we do that. 
So who's Von Trump, uh, Kevin? I, you know, I, you know, maybe I need to rewatch it again. I feel like that's like a, that's an old. I mean, the, the hands are a little bit looser, but that's an old like Maldonado swing, older Maldonado, uh, or or you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a you know, it, again, I just I'm a little left-handed or right-handed Jim Tomey too. I don't know. That feels like just the big. Tomey didn't the, have that leg kick though. The, the Galarraga kind of swing with a little bit high leg kick, but just just power. But he's just so small that it doesn't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Tommy didn't have that leg kick though. Mm-mm. I mean, very I get... similar in the face. Yeah, <laughs> very very vanilla white plain dude. And Drew Ball looks like he played like a like a nineteen thirteen like farmer in a movie or something. Andrew Vaughn looks, like. looks like the dude in your neighborhood that just somehow always is like drinking and he always has beers for everybody. He, he definitely has one of the worst Jumbotron photos though. His eyes look like he saw like a goat. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> Build model airplanes, they said. Well, I'm not buying it. Uh, but Andrew Vaughn has absolutely been on a fucking tear, uh, betting 283 on the season, but he's definitely uh, been hot lately. Uh, he's literally up to bat as we're talking about him on Wednesday night. He's got a 3-0 count with the uh, runners on first and second with two outs. So do you think he hits a home run? No. You know who's going to hit a home run? Reese McGuire. I don't think I'm so. Gonna, I'm talking into existence. <laughs> I think Reese McGuire, <laughs> McGuire has better odds to get arrested for public masturbation and to hit a home run right now. <laughs> nah, he's going to He's gonna whip he, the head out and jerk one to left here. I'm calling. It. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There Welcome it is. to the team. Um, to you know, I, I'll say this: I just pulled up Kenny Maldonado. He was Maldonado was way too open for that. So now that would be a bad. We'll call. find out. That's your homework for the week, Fitz. Yeah, I'm trying to find. It. I, I feel like there's like it's Raul Montesi. Maybe I'm just who had that. It was just a maybe. Maybe it was Vlad Guerrero. What Senior. about? But Jeff he just had a loose upper body, no. loose arm, a little looser upstairs. So Bagwell got too low. I was no, just thinking more of the well. leg kick with like the the heavy. Yeah, I'm trying not to keep saying load because I keep wanting to laugh every time I say it. But when you say load and McGuire in the same sentence, you're just asking yeah. for a sticky situation. All right, so live better Bray you Grand Slam. <laughs> live, if that happens, I'll be very happy, man. Because Vaughn took the walk because he's smart. And yeah. Um, so without Tim Anderson, who do you guys want leading off? Because we I'm, all saw Yasmani Grandal and how that. Oh, yeah. Pretty okay with AJ Pollock. Two for four tonight yeah. in the leadoff spot with the home run. Decent speed. He's been hitting really well. I think, Mitch, you said it in the chat. It was almost like, or, or someone said it in the chat. It's almost like Tony LaRusso was like, you're hitting too good. We're going to give you a day off. And that was the weirdest, that was the weirdest fucking day off I've ever seen. But he's back. I, yeah. Uh, I swear, you see all these jokes too on Twitter, like, "Oh, Tony Larusa is drunk making the lineup." I've woken up from a drunk or stupor, stupor before, and I know not to put Leary batting third or Andrew Vaughn batting ninth. I think you know we're making too many excuses for him. I think he's too old at this point. I mean, I think I'd have to be like on a meth bender to have Yasmani yeah, Grandal as my leadoff hitter. I just well, I never, I did not get that at all. Like beginning of the year, I. I don't know, especially the way he's hitting right now. Because he run, like if he was racing a pregnant woman, he'd probably come in third. Like he, he's slow and he's not getting on base. But now, like when Tim Anderson was out for the first two games of the year, and like they needed a leadoff guy, like if you wanted to be creative with it, like I could see maybe where you're coming from. Because they actually last year they they averaged the most runs per inning when Yasmani Grandal was leading off, and he had like the 23 percent walk rate. So I'm like, all right, I can kind of see where it's coming from. But this year he. I mean, he looks like he's swinging a wet sporting news up there, and the walking numbers are down. So I, I yeah, it was a little, it was a little baffling. 
Interesting though, but and then Fitz, I guess this is—I actually wanted to ask you this: Do you, as a coach and everything, do you think they put Grandal in the leadoff just to like kind of get him out of his funk? Ah, uh, you know, I think they were. I—I uh, I think Tony was just trying to, I think, shake things up a little bit. I again, though, yeah, you're right. He's a he's a base clogger. I mean, so it's oh, really weird to put a base clogger in the, in, the leadoff, base clogger. in the leadoff spot, but maybe he was just thinking. You know, with Vaughn on the two, Vaughn is more prone to hit, you know, a, a, a gapper. And so, I mean, even as slow as Grandal is, he's still going to go first to third on a double, like in a gap, you know. So maybe he was just thinking that it was just going to play out that way. I mean, he obviously, I think what Grandal went over, right? Um, yeah. 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 He on base. So, you, I mean, it didn't it didn't work. But I, you could, I, I, you know, when you get, throw a guy in the leadoff spot, I mean, we've seen a lot of teams do this in the past. You know, we've seen Kyle Schwarber lead off. I mean, for Pete's sake, I mean, he's not fleet of foot by any means either. Um, I think that I think the Nats are still or the Phillies are still doing it, if, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, maybe you're just trying to get a guy that you think is swinging it well, that you like what you've seen. Maybe, the you know, his exit velocities was up a little bit. I, I'm obviously not looking at numbers, but he's hitting the ball hard. And maybe you think maybe he has a chance to go out there and maybe set a table, get on base, you know, just get, you know, tough at bats early. Don't let the pitcher off the hook. And you do. You want to make it hard. You want to make the pitcher open up with stressful pitches. So you do want to put a guy out there that's going to be a past, which is what makes Tim Anderson such a great leadoff guy. God or Christopher Morrell. Uh, but um, you have to, you have to down. Whoops. It's <laughs> so, uh, oh, is that Hendrix again? I know Abreu, uh, not Abreu, oh. Abreu two out, ground out with bases oh. loaded. I was thinking, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it makes sense. It, it, it just, it doesn't make sense when it comes to the speed stuff, but I think he was just assuming, and Vaughn did have a, have a day, did he not? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If, 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 if Yaz Four had done five. his job, I mean, Vaughn could have probably driven in ton yeah i mean you yeah. could have driven a few if you you know but you know it was it is what it is. i mean you're you're trying to push we've talked about this you're trying to push buttons and really with with tim out you want someone that's gonna you know he has in the past shown the ability to be a very tough out and take walks and you know guys that can move the line so i mean you want that guy to kind of you know i guess i can understand it I yeah just, this is more what i was talking about like joe madden used to put struggling players at the leadoff to get them going yeah you're just trying to push buttons you're trying to yeah. push buttons so, I think yeah. this is where I think this is where like the depth thing because like there, uh, wasn't there a thing about um, uh, Pollock having being a little sick and then the the only thing I didn't get from at least Monday's game was uh, or Tuesday's game if you had Luis Robert back like why why didn't you just play him um, but I mean that was the only thing like if you did, if you if Pollock wasn't available then all right that sucks but uh, I think that was just that I have really no good options this guy can kind of walk maybe. Here's the thing, though. It's weird. It's weird because people are like, you know, why didn't he play Robert? That that tells me that Robert wasn't available. Like, you're not going to not play your one of your best players. Why was he reinstated then? If they're not like ready to go. So, like, I, I don't know. I feel like same with people are upset about Pollock, but then we find out he was sick. I mean, was Luis Robert still kind of, you know, iffy with his? Body? I gotta, I gotta imagine he was, and it's kind of like the curious case of uh, Yohan Moncada right now. Well, uh, Yohan just hurt, but I mean, I can't really get Tony Lewis to the benefit of the doubt right now because this is the same dude who sits Tim Anderson at, on doubleheaders. So, even today, I mean, Robert's only DHing, so there obviously maybe a cardio issue, or maybe he's just kind of. Did know. he have any rehab games? Mm-hmm. No. Oh no, it was just that he was just on the COVID list, right? Yeah, yeah. he might be feeling just a little bit. I mean, how long it took Moncada, you know, to to bounce back? I mean, he's not bounced back again, but in the fucking season. Yeah, so, Mitch, I mean, where, where do you stand? Uh, where did this is also the other hot take on uh, on White Sox, all social media. So, what's your take on uh, which side of the fence are you on for Yohan Moncada? 
I am pro Yohan Moncada, but it's getting a little frustrating. It's getting to the <laughs> point where it's hard to defend him because he's never on the field. But I like it. Like, you know, you saw what he did in 20, 2019, obviously, like that the potential's there. And even last year, he got on base a lot. He put together some quality at bats. The power numbers weren't where I'd like, but like I like the fact that he was getting on base and he plays good defense at third. It's just he's never available. And now he's still not hitting, which starting to make you know the 2020 excuse he had was the covid but now it's starting to wonder is like is this actually the player he is and was 2019 an outlier i'm still holding out hope but um it's tough to defend him especially when he's never on the field like i swear he's made a glass like the leg soreness he should not be out this many days especially when he had an off day against the cubs and then like a scheduled off day i mean i i don't know i'm I'm giving him till to pass the all-star break then, then I might do it, but I'm still in Team Moncada as of right now. And it, it definitely helps that Jake Berger's hitting. Yeah, I mean that sure. that kind of gives him a little bit. What Jake Berger's also doing is giving everyone that keeps tweeting it at me and at everybody else, he's giving you like a, a live explanation on why he can't play second base. He, yeah, he can barely play third. Yeah, he can barely play third. <laughs> The dude's had like he's tore like every muscle in both his legs. Like he can't get left to right. Like, no, he's not playing second base. Save yourself the time. Don't. It's just not going to happen. Hey, maybe Berger playing well is the kick in the pants Moncada needs though, because now someone's finally putting some pressure on him. Because it doesn't seem like they're going to remove Leary from the lineup anytime soon, and Josh Harrison hasn't really moved around. So, and maybe that's what he needs. Some guy to put some pressure on him that's playing well. Uh, so, who knows? I mean, Moncada definitely, he definitely likes the, the attention and the spotlight. You know, this could be him seeing a guy get his, you know, come up if, and he doesn't want to yep. get uh, Drew Bledsoe. So, yeah. <laughs> now, Yoan Moncada doesn't have the same track record, uh, but Kevin, I mean, this is deja vu. This is Chris Bryant, David Bodie from 2018. <laughs> oh, God. It's always, <laughs> or, I mean, why, you know what? I'm going to, it's similar. Gonna, like, there's injuries. A little There's, bit of that wisdom stuff too. So yeah, but Bodie was better because yeah, Bodie had like big games and but only remember, people only remembered like the one big game and not like the four goose eggs. But like Yohan Mankata, like young star, had the great season, gets mm-hmm. the contract. Well, I mean, Chris Bryant didn't get the contract. Um, but like the similarities are scary. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you know what? Though? It's like the same thing. It's like it's like the Chicago backup quarterback. I think right now the third base spot in Chicago itself is like a it, Cub fan. I mean, Cub fans obviously we went like decades without a good third baseman. So the the third base spot for the Cubs is like the quarterback position for the Bears. Um, but it's been a uh, you know when you see these things, it, we do we make legends out of dudes that that have really big moments. We rem- it's it's again like it's like gambling. You always remember your big wins that you should have lost, and you always forget the ones that you won. Or you know the, the the losses where it was just it happened as it's supposed to. So you always remember those big moments, and you kind of like minimize the, the the fails. And I think with these types of guys, like you see Burger, and you're like, my God, this would be great. That guy's just look at that. He had a big moment, but then you like when you really go back and you look at the body of work, the body of work isn't on the level of the body of work from the other. You know, I mean, you know, Mankata is a stud. I mean, he's just not playing well. Guys are entitled to have bad seasons. You don't want it to have happen, but I mean, you know, Burger's got to do it for an extended period of time. And we see this with these guys all the time. The more they're exposed, the more struggles they have. And can these guys make adjustments? And David Bodie, for example, is a great example of someone that's not made the adjustments. He is who he is. Um, and, you know, with, with Berger, we'll see, I guess. You know, he's probably going to get more reps. He's probably going to get more opportunity and he's probably going to get more tape out there on him. And what happens when the league figures you out? 
What Ask are you gonna Gavin do? Sheets. There, he'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, Gavin, Gavin Sheets. <laughs> well, to that point, exactly. I gotta get my screen pointing better. To that right? point, exactly. Um, we kind of hinted to this too, and a lot of you need to earmuff right now because I don't want to hear you cry about it. What I'm about to say in the comments, but Jake Berger getting all these at bats, showcasing what he can do at the plate. I know it's not going to be valuable, but they need someone to trade. They need (laughs) someone to trade. You know, you know why he's getting at bats. So because you guys have no one else. Because there's no one else. I know. (laughs) Gavin Cheese is a big, he's being, I think Beeflo had it perfectly over the weekend. He's getting, he's getting showcased to, to go back to Charlotte. Yeah. No one. (laughs) So would the White Sox, would you guys, White Sox fans be uh, interested in Wilson Contreras? For Montgomery and McGuire. We're not getting Montgomery, dude. The White Sox farm system is absolute dog shit. Like in a bag, lit on fire. And we're not going to trade the like one of the four guys that is actually decent in our fucking farm system. Montgomery is- McGuire. You can give us the masturbatory champ, and then the 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 bomb hitter, and then you can have Wilson Contreras. Yeah, good can- hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can play all over the place. Montgomery's yeah. dude. You see. Every, I feel like every night I get on Twitter, there's a Montgomery highlight. You know what I don't see on Twitter a lot? Uh, <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Hicks highlights. <laughs> don't I do see, see Toronto's highlights, though. The guy that the Cubs took before the Montgomery. Uh, so <laughs> Jordan Hicks yeah. would be the number one prospect for the White Sox right now. Uh, Not over Montgomery, no. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how the the White Sox prospect rankings get shaken up because I think. Oh, yeah, who's that one guy that Alex brought up last week? What guy? I was like, he's like a kind of an unknown, but then he was saying how he might be end up, end up being your guys' number one. Oh, I don't remember. I don't, I don't think Alex exactly. is watching. He, he hasn't been in the comments tonight, so I don't think he's watching, but I'll get that answer from uh, Is the. Second base, the biggest trade need for the White Sox? Yes. Yep. Because Harrison just ain't it, man. It ain't it. It just. How about that sequence against the Cubs? He's been bad, dude. Just just bad. And I mean, he's, I've, I've said it a million times, dude. He seems like a great guy. Everybody seems to love him. I get that. And that's probably why he's still on the team and Keiko gets DFA because Keiko's a dick. But Harrison also, to the burger point, they don't have anybody else. So I think there's going to become a time, though, where they just cut bait because he's just been bad. Just bad. Flat out bad. Yeah. But well, he's got worse numbers than Adam Eaton did around this time of year last year. And Adam Eaton got DFA'd. So that's true. And I don't even want to do it to him because he's he's so nice, but he's about to get the Cheeks label. Oh, he's been that bad, dude. He really has. Like, Kygo had no problem calling Cheeks because, again, dickhead. But Harrison, <laughs> I, I just don't want to do it to him, but he's been so bad. And they moved him around in the lineup. They moved him around in the infield. And just – he actually finally took a walk or two, which was amazing. Because I don't know if you saw this, Mitch, but, like, it seemed like for, like, two weeks straight, he was, like, actively trying not to walk. Yeah. It was the most frustrating thing I've ever watched in baseball. It was, oh, it was driving me crazy. <sighs> now, I'm still I'm still in a good mood about this team. Still think the team's good. Uh, Jose Rodriguez, I think, yeah, 
I think the guy that killed okay, Tupac okay. in the comment section uh, just said it. Yeah. Um, but moving on to. Way, the, I could have been really mean and been like, do you guys want Jonathan VR? But I won't be that mean because Jonathan <laughs> VR isn't that good. Well, no. And he doesn't know how to use exercise equipment. Oh, that's um, right. He's hurt. He'll, he'll yeah. fit right in with this team then. Doesn't hit, yeah, actually, gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect right, fit yeah. for the White Sox. Overpay, overpay a veteran. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, wait. A, you don't have to worry about him mouthing off, though, John. No, we don't. I, oh, you're on fire tonight, buddy, with the rim shot jokes. Um, but the the Cubs, though, you guys, how pumped are you two for Morrell? Like, oh. seriously, you guys got to oh. be through the fucking roof. I'm just glad that Kevin, Kevin, Kevin had the greatest pinwheels bump. He was, he was like, Cubs aren't going to play this guy. They're, oh. he, they're killing his his momentum. Uh, what has he done? First 15 games played on base every time. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. See, so keep Mitch, doing it, Kevin. Mitch, that's I need the you to opposite. Keep being negative about everything. So if you, if you want someone to play good, like for instance, like Josh Harrison's probably gonna have like six home runs next week. Oh, we've been <laughs> saying that about Josh Harrison for. I know. Like I've a tried month. it like the last three weeks. Dude. And by the way, Aldo, we could thank Zoe for bringing this up because guess who's gonna not get a hit tomorrow now? Morale, yeah. Oh, oh, no, he can oh. still walk. Get on base. Get on base. Who's not gonna get on base? Tomorrow? He's not gonna get on base. Now. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Uh, so Mendix making a bunch of errors. Josh Harrison's hitting six home runs, and Morel's getting benched. That's what I'm hearing for next yeah, week. That, Place your bets I'm, now. Hammering apart. This is what this is what we do here, man. Gotcha. But uh, I'll tell you two one thing though: as uh, an outsider looking in on this Morel kid, you gotta love that he's just having a fucking blast playing baseball, dude. Like even it was, I know it was against the Sox, and you know I'm not supposed to be like boo, but again, don't think it's a rivalry, and. Uh, but he hit that base hit in the extra innings and like he hit it and he just turned around and looked at his dugout and screamed and sprinted his ass to first. But like, he's out there making plays oh. at the wall, laughing. He's giving uh Simmons shit. Cause he hit him in the foot with the uh, <laughs> ball into the infield. Like the kid's just having a fucking blast and he's backing it up though. Well, and as a fan nice. of baseball, you got to fucking love that shit. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Like he plays second base. Who you traded? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, you see this, Mitch? I try to be nice. I'm being nice guy over here. I'm, I'm, being very, I'm trading like the best thing that's happened to the Cubs this year. I, I do want to point this out, friend of the show, Yumper. Uh, it's actually incredible that that Christopher Morrell could even run as fast as he has with the amount of time Yumper's been swinging from his nuts for a while now. Um, <laughs> oh, you got to do him dirty like that. Yumper's, Yumper's been on him for a while. And this cannot been, be coming from Kevin. Yumps, Yumps been been preaching preaching as much as he can about Morel. I mean, he's been again just with conversations that I've had with Yump, and I'm like, there's no way they're gonna jump Triple A again. Here's me. There's no way they're gonna jump Triple A. You know, this goes to show Triple A can kiss everyone's ass. If you're a ball player, skip it. Fuck it. Don't. Andrew, did Andrew Vaughn need Triple A? No, James Fox. Um, so, um, there were some people that wanted to send him down to Triple A, and they're renowned. No, soccer. go get, go watch some Cannonballers games. <laughs> they got the new bucket in the mail. <laughs> Shout out to the Cannonballers. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, we've been saying Morrell. that on this show for three years, though. The best pitching in minor league baseball is in no Double way. A. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Christopher Morel is like the, and I, I don't, I'm not gonna admit it's just an example to use, and like he's on the Cubs, so it's hard not to make it. But Christopher Morrell is the great example of why, well, personally, I give me the guy with the tools with the higher ceiling or with the higher ceiling than like the high floor guy. Because who's the high floor guy that the Cubs have at second base? Nick Madrigal, right? It's like, oh, well, you know what you're going to get. He's going to hit, he's, he's a contact hitter. Mm. If that is your one skill, I don't want that because you better hit 300 every year. You're going to be useless. 
I like Nicky though. Before before, before Nick got it. hurt though, before Nick got hurt, he was swinging a pretty hot bat last year. I think injuries yep. are part of the factor. He just hasn't been That's able true. to get in the rhythm. But I, yep. I like Magical more than most. I, I hated that trade when it happened. Yeah, and it, it didn't work out. So. <laughs> That's true. That's the thing. And I'm still in the way. I'm like I'm not even completely against Nick, Nick Magical. Like I'm still in the way in C mode for Nick Magical because he he hit like 350 in 2020. Amazing. Love it. No. Uh, but when you just have a guy who rocket arm, great speed can hit with power, can just hit the ball, and all of a sudden now he can walk too. Again, it's only two weeks. This isn't going to last. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not you know, Christopher Morrell is going to win NL uh, Rookie of the Year this year or anything. Uh, but it's just like the, the tools he got. Give me the tools he got, which Christopher Morrell is. I'm going to disagree great, with the... Great defense in multiple positions too. Real quick, I'm going to dif- disagree with Dave in the, in the chat. Dave uh, was mentioning how major college baseball is equal to double to A. I tell you right now, as someone that coaches a kid who's literally a freshman uh, player of the year in the SEC as a pitcher, it is definitely not equal to double A. It is probably equal to low A at max because those are your 18-year-olds and your 22-year-olds. But double A baseball is where all of the talent in all of the farm congregates, and that is where you're, you're going to find the best ball players. Uh, and we've been saying this on the show a long time. Um, triple a is for the for the water the old water wagons triple a is for rehab assignments your triple a guys generally aren't going to be your dudes um well, your dude we all know what triple a is for that's for uh you have to check off all the bo- the, bo- uh, the check marks the box yeah. you have to check the yeah. boxes at triple because i mean <laughs> i'll be honest i know guys that have hit four I mean, cubs had a guy way back in the day a friend of mine chad hermanson hit 400 in the pacific coast league at triple a and hit 200 in the show but you got a guy that hit 270 at double A, pops up and skips the trips and goes up immediately into the show, and he hits, you know, 290. Like it's just a matter of, you know, the talent is what it, you're looking at. And guys like Christopher Morrell have so much ability that when it clicks, it clicks. And again, he's good. And, and I know Aldo, we we'll always have to, you know, we have to always have to, to take it down a tad with the excitement because it's easy to come out of our shorts and get super excited. But the league is going to find out what he does well and what he doesn't do well sooner or later, just not yet. And which is great. It's a testament to his ability already is they're having a hard time finding his, his blues and he's doing well, but they are going to figure him out eventually. And this is what always separates their best prospects from just dudes that come up and, and do a, you know, a a flight of the Phoenix, like the white Sox had last year um, with uh, Mercedes, you know, the league adjusts. And if the guy or player doesn't put in the time to adjust and make the adjustments and, 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 and learn to fail a little bit, you know, they're going to have a great start and then they're going to, they're cool off and, you know, they fade into oblivion like a lot of guys do. And it's, that's not an abnormal story in Major League Baseball history. A lot of guys do that. Do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> if you're watching this, the like subscribe, button, subscribe. like, yeah, do all that shit. Hit all the buttons. Um, yeah. Except for the X button. Don't hit the X button. As, oh, uh, as Mitch mentioned, though, the, the poster boy for the league figuring you out is Gavin Sheets. I mean, it's just <laughs> cut and dry right there. But, do you uh, remember Sadie's another fine example? He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. That was, that was that was dumb luck for like two weeks, and then he like woke up one morning and was like, "Oh shit!" Actually, your <laughs> Mercedes is the best example of how, of what BAPIP means in baseball, and how if if everything 100%. you hit just happens to fall, yeah, you're gonna hit like three sixty or whatever you hit in April. <laughs> yes, and I also do want to point out, Fids, I am very proud of you, Fids. Oh yeah. Yeah, but what does this shirt say? Bitches don't know about my diabetes. <laughs> um, I am. I'm proud of you, bud, because you didn't bring up that kid that won SEC Player of the Year until provoked. 
I thought for sure you were going to name drop the shit out of that after it happened. But go, why don't you go ahead? You can go ahead, coach. Go ahead, oh. brag, brag on your player a little bit. Well, I mean, he's still got another couple of years before he uh, he's actually draft eligible, so he's still only a freshman. But yeah, he's hitting 99 now for uh, Texas A&M, who has been one of the darlings of college baseball this season. I think they, I think they're a, a ho- they were a host, I believe. They're a host for one of the regionals, I believe, or super regionals, or whatever. But yeah, no, he's he's the guy that you know. We talked about Tanner McDougall, another one of our guys that the White Sox drafted this past year, the fifth round. Tanner's doing well, by the way. Tanner, I just was texting with him yesterday. Tanner's been throwing. Tanner um, hasn't come on the show yet. No, Tanner. But, oh, trust me, if, if we're gonna get him. Like, <laughs> we need that. I I asked. He asked when. He's like, when am I coming on your podcast, Coach? So he'll be coming on. We'll have him on. I just, I wanted to get him done with his. I wanted to get him going a little bit. He's nah, he's I been really going through his rehab. Um, and again, it was minor Tommy John, so he's going to be back. He'll probably be throwing harder too. I I think he'll be throwing 97, 98 for the Sox. They're going to love him. His his command and his mental makeup. He's going to be great. But the kid on our team that we all believed was going to actually go higher than Tanner, not not as an offense to Tanner, just because Chris Cortez is also a, a freak show. Is this kid named Chris Cortez? Chris signed with uh, initially signed with Arizona. And then when uh, Jay Johnson left Arizona to go take over at Texas A&M, um, and Nate Yeske, who was also a, a great pitching coach from a Vegas guy, actually, Nate Yeske went over to become the pitching coach at A&M. Chris changed his, obviously, his commitment and went to A&M. And so as a freshman this year, he's been slowly, slowly being used more. And now he's his last few outings, he was hit 99. He's come in mid-game most of the time. He hasn't started, I don't think, anything, any, any of the ball games. But he'll come in in the fifth inning, and he'll finish the ball game. And so he's learning how to stretch out, and he's touching 99, frequently he's dirty and filthy he's also a do a doofus so it's great i actually turned on one of their games the day after um he pitched and so they had him on the they had the headphones on him so they were the the sec network guys were interviewing and it was an entire meaningless five minute conversation about pringles so oh that's that kid he's the pringles kid pringles kid yeah so he's great he's just but he's gonna he's a guy that when you look in the draft you know and not this year and next year but you know when when he's draft eligible again uh, after his junior year, you're going to see a guy that's going to be. I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm fairly confident by the time he's done with his development, he's going to be a first round draft pick. I actually, I'm happy to say that he's probably he's that he has it. Um, and I haven't said that since you know who. So, yep. Eloy went one for four in Charlotte tonight. Yolbert Sanchez, two more hits. Just saying, Damn I want to see him in the pros. But you Fitz, you're better. you're building quite the MLB roster under your tutelage, bud. The Kevin Cunningham or the player tree. Yeah, (laughs) you got to do a player tree for you, bud. It'd be like, would you just include everyone uh, from Vegas, no matter what? Even if Kevin's like, if you, yeah, if you've ever talked to someone, like I said, (laughs) they've never been in Nevada. Yeah, (laughs) good game, good game, good game. Yeah, I get, I gave Bryce Harper uh, a good game, high five. Mike Trout golfed where Kevin golfed one time, maybe. There you go. Uh, the road. Coach Tree. It's all there. <laughs> Coach Tree. There you Coach go. Frank Thomas ate Frank Thomas Mother's Day breakfast right next to me at the next table when we had brunch that day. Coach Tree. Coach Tree. Got it. Coach Tree. You got to pull that out, at Kevin. Be like, these are all the players that I've that are associated with me. Huh? Like Frank Thomas, Mike Trout. You know what? Do you know like, the here's, here's, here's my question. Can I claim like a guy, like say, for example, a, a dude that every summer would play, come with us to our baseball tournament in Colorado, but he didn't play for our team other than that week and a half, whatever, that he joined us. So, he right. Played. Yeah. So, he's kind of yeah, a ring of Yeah. Yeah. It's his a ring. best friend played for us, and his high school team wasn't very good, and he wanted to go travel and play some, you know, we, we were pretty solid. So, and he's a kid. Like, can I claim that? I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I yes. Just, well, who are you talking about? Who are you talking uh, about? Who's Dante, your ring? Wright. 
Dante Williams from Arizona. He's a stud. He's a lefty fast kid. He's a great kid. He's but you technically did coach him, right? Oh God. I mean, yeah. I mean coach I, I, he was before I got fired, uh, he was uh transferring over to our school. So you got okay. asked not to coach anymore. You didn't get fired. Excuse me. Uh you're gonna be a made man. Walk here in the basement. Yeah, you got DFA. <laughs> um Ferd. Real grease ball shit. Seven years. Seven years since that. Wow, that's a long time. Seven years since I trained the dolphin. Seven years. Um, You're supposed to forgive after seven years. So what did that? What was I going to say? Who else should I be getting excited about on the Cubs, though? Who else is tickling the old ball sack right now? I mean, Patrick Wisdom is playing fucking great right now. I. I'll, I looked I, at the numbers, though. You guys are not going to believe it. Patrick Wisdom right now, or heading at least heading into uh, Wednesday's game, he's playing like a top 10 third baseman. Or at least he has yeah. the numbers of a top 10 third well, baseman. He's one of those guys, though, it drives me nuts. The numbers are so deceptive, though, because the numbers don't reflect the absences, but they do reflect positively on the clusters. You know, we, I mean, right now he's actually consistently playing – Pretty seems at least for the last week he's been pretty much every day, which is really good. But for a guy that generally like will have two huge monster games and then disappear for five, you know that's a that's a that's a stat that's a weird he's a stat anomaly kind of thing when it comes to value because is a guy that only shows up twice every eight games very valuable? He might have monster games, but that's you're gonna you know when they have those monster games you're gonna win those games. That's great, but that's like one out of one out of four. That's not a, a great. You know, I don't know. I just for me, that's why I get frustrated with Wisdom. I've always said though, if the guy can play consistent baseball and, and do it consistently, crap, he's fantastic. Yeah. But again, I keep going back to there's a reason why he's a third. You know, again, something he adjusted to, league might adjust now. Once the league adjusts, what's going to happen? So they had his number. He's fixed whatever was wrong. It seems right now at this point. I got you, you know. know I, got, I think he's I got, been. I think he's been pretty good. I, like the last thirty days, I think he has like a. I mean, it's not like out of this world. It's like an eight, like eight oh five OPS, which is still above. Like I think league average is like in seven fifties or something. And his May fifteenth, uh, when at May fifteenth, his month of May, he was hitting like one eighty, and he had just, his OPS was like five hundred. Uh, no, the- Joey Gallo. I mean, should be hmm. on the White Sox. <laughs> That's oh, your moves, though. Did I say that out loud? Because jo- yes. you know when you're gonna get Joey Gallo? So how is Joey and Gallo right now? You're gonna we're get, gonna get Joey Gallo. Yeah, in like three, four years, we'll get Joey Gallo. <laughs> Do you know who they could have gotten instead of Joe Kelly this year for cheaper? Joe Mama? Oh, sorry. No, Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson. Hey, no, 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 no. Yeah. You don't get to bring that up, so because because I, I remember specifically, I think Yumper brought him up, and you're like, nah, I'm over it. I'm so over you you it. can't be like, I oh, I Jock. You could have had Jock. Nah, you were like, they you want Jock? You're like, fuck no. I wanted Jock for a while, <laughs> and then I had to be over it because it didn't happen. I had to be over because it, it didn't happen. And now Jock gets a fucking 96 overall card in MLB The Show, and he hits fucking righties to the moons. So I'm batting with him every – he can't play the field with the shit, but I just hit bombs with Jock, and it's just like a constant reminder that the shit got Jock. To, to bring up something from an earlier conversation about uh, uh, about McGuire hustling home on the sack fly, I'm watching a video right now of the Savannah effing bananas guy tagging from third and busting – straight head down through the plate to score the game winning run. Now they're also doing a weird dance. I think they're doing a, they have to dance. They're doing a dance. Like a they dance, dance a lot. They dance a lot. 
They're great. If you, have, if you know who the Savannah Bananas are, you need to follow them on Twitter. It's the it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball, and it's absolutely freaking fantastic. <laughs> White wanna, Sox uh, legend Jake Peavy was hurling for him a couple weeks ago. Wore the actual Golden Glove that he got. Did he? <laughs> yeah, he wore the, he he picked the inning wearing the Golden Glove that he won. I, how does Major League Baseball not like? using that to help grow the game. How do you not? That's such, it's such I feel an, like we're seeing thing. a lot more of their highlights though on social media, like being spotlight on ESPN. Yeah. Like, well, they do all the TikTok dances and shit. Even the umpire starts shaking his ass. Have you seen their TikTok? Yeah. Oh yeah. I follow it's that shit. That's just hilarious. I mean, they, they have a, per- they could do a perfect, perfect marketing opportunity with them. Like all-star weekend. You know who should play for the, something. Yeah. You know who should be playing for the Savannah bananas, right? Yomer Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> almost on the same page with legends almost. wait who did you say although i said you're mean and then uh mitch said uh, no you'll... i know i heard i heard mitch but i'm what i was gonna say was what you said although yeah. you're mean mercedes would be a legend on the savannah I, yeah that's true <laughs> um wait i'm gonna i was gonna I've... tell you to tweet this but i'm gonna steal the tweet that this like is how that. Reese McGuire should have ran to home plate against the Blue Jays. Oh. Up oh, to run home run from someone. So I excuse It was Vlad Vlad Jr. Oh, who served it up? That was my favorite. Bennett Souza. Oh. Yeah, no surprise there. All right. Well, so much for my feelings about them maybe coming back. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. This is a bittersweet <sighs> one because I love the Tigers again, didn't they? Yeah. I lo- They're all so many great opportunities. They're losing to it. The- crap tigers and they can't make up the games it's just that's frustrating that's frustrating that's the like white Sox, i mean the white Sox are just they're just not they're just a bad team <laughs> and they're facing better teams and wait no 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 i disagree oh, they're not a bad team they're a grossly underperforming team ah okay there's a, to me there's a difference right. to yeah. me an underperforming team can get better a All bad right. team that's true that's true sucks. I mean, they can wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden some of these guys figure it out and they're the best team in the AL Central again. Josh Lopez, you can type it to your fingers, bleed. I will not agree with you that they need to be sellers, dude. They do not need to be sellers in the deadline. This team is built. So, you know, they're, they can't be sellers. I mean, Rakan has they, to they, well, yeah, go to his can. grave this year and be like, he just has to be all in all the time. Um, however... So I think it was John Morosi brought up again Frankie Montes as a as a possible trade fit. So like, is that the guy you trade the form for? No, because their starting rotation hasn't been the problem. And I, I was all for him before the year adding him, but like the starting rotation is the problem. So why are you yeah. giving up assets for him? Right. Yeah. I totally, I wholeheartedly agree there. You need so like, a who's the baseman. hitter that you'd give up the form for then? Oof. See, we we need a second baseman, and there's really, if you look at the market of available second baseman, there's not much out there. So it's kind of tough. I mean, I, oosh. I'm telling you, get the I, Mariners on the phone. Get the Mariners on the phone. Trade for Mitch Hanniger or, uh, or Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier hasn't been very good this year, though. Has I mean, better than anything the White Sox have rolled out for that position. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The bar, the bar's not that's very high. That's a low bar, though. Yeah, true. that's a low bar. Did you guys know that Ian Happ can play second base? Actually, no, he can't, Kevin. I know you brought that up. Ian Happ on his podcast a couple of weeks ago was talking about how he had to come in to play second base last year, and he was praying that the ball wasn't hit to him. Because he, he wasn't taking You do not want Ian Happ playing. Ian Dude, Happ hasn't played, played second base in like five years. Oh, yeah, but he can, he's, give him a ground ball. He'll be fine. Just give him a, <laughs> get him out there. Get him, some, get him some reps, and he'll be fine. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. 
I think we're instead of making all these trades and shit like that, I think it's time for a let's see what we got period for the White Sox. Yeah, bring up let's see, let's see what also. Yolber Sanchez can do. Let's see what this uh Sosa in double A. That kid's been fucking tearing it up. Let's see what, what if- Cespedes could do. Get Colas out of low A, get him up. Like what if Ian Hap said that just to throw everybody off because he doesn't want to get traded? I'm just saying. Yeah. He's trying to undersell his value. Oh, he's being very serious. Yeah, I definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why I think even after I mean he, he was drafted yeah as a second baseman but I don't think he's played second base since his rookie season. Do you guys do you guys think there is a possibility that the White Sox are gonna make a trade and take on some salary? Like do you think that they really do? Do you think that that's gonna be in the plan, or do you feel like the White Sox are gonna end up making some sort of lateral move where they don't take on much payroll or any payroll, or you think they're gonna push it a little bit? Do you have a projection where you think maybe they might where they might go, or is it gonna it will just stay at a plateau and just whatever deals they make are going to have to kind of keep everything like the status quo. Status quo ain't working, man. I think, I think the first thing they're going to try to do is see what they got. Yobert Sanchez, get a shot. Sosa get called up. Uh, Cespedes, Colas, all these guys see where they're at and all this shit. Cause as we've said, almost mind numbingly amount of times, they don't have anything to trade. Yeah. White Sox have next to nothing to trade. Like the the moves that you're going to get is what we saw last year. It's going to be at the level of like Cesar Hernandez. And you're like, or, or you're going to have to get lucky like with the Braves did, like when they traded for um, yes, that's, like that's, Rosario. Yes. It's going to be just the guy who's been struggling and you think that you can unleash something in him or unlock or like make an adjustment with his swing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like those are the type of guys that Han's going to have to target. And he hasn't been that good in unlocking a lot of those guys. I mean, I guess James McCann had that good year. Uh, but there's been Yeah, no, they need to get guys. the guy – because you know there's people on Twitter that no matter what trade happens, they always say, oh, maybe a change of scenery will do them good. They need to get that guy that actually makes that guy sound right for once. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, yeah, like those those are really the only, again, with like the no farm system and you're not going to trade your best guys for like a maybe slightly above average bat. So you're just going to have to get lucky because you do have to trade for someone. You can't be, you can't no. keep, you know, trotting out Josh Harrison at second David date. Peralta wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind doing Proto. I doubt they trade Jock Peterson. He's having a hell of a season for the Giants right now. They're not. You know, the Giants are contending. Um, fun stat of the night: since the 2020 season, Albert Pujols has as many stolen bases as Mike Trout. Wow! Wow! Yeah, three. <laughs> I, I hate that Albert Pujols is still doing this with the Cardinals. Just stop. <laughs> you knew he was going to have a little wow. resurgence. Not like this, though. Like he. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not like this. He'd yeah. be like the third best hitter on the White Sox. Speaking of bad hitters in the White Sox, I know we talked about him earlier, but this is a good stat I think Zoe threw in the chat. Yasmani yep. Grandal right now is on track for the sixth worst slugging percentage in MLB history. History. His, yeah. History. Yeah, yeah, Mitch, worst, Mitch, yeah. Look look at that. Look at the look at the chart. Read off some of the years <laughs> that are like the 19, seasons. Yeah. I think nineteen oh eight. Was the the guy that's in fifth? Some some jackass named Bobby Bryan, I think, or Burn. Who who knows? But yeah, it's, you know, it's like like, the, the guys with the lowest slugging percentages in MLB history is like from the 1870s and like before 1970. When they when they actually held the bat with the gap between their hands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Yasmani Grandal, historically <laughs> bad. 
It his, sucks I too. I, I I want him to. I I like Yasmani Grandal. I think he provides a lot for the clubhouse. But like, if he's not hitting for any power, he's been like he's been a liability at the plate this year. It's it's tough to watch. And actually, this brings up something that I did want to address on this show. Uh, the Barstool Boys, Carl and Dave, have really been in one the last like week or so. And Carl's been saying how the Grandal signing is a failure, and they should have never did it. I don't agree with that whatsoever. At the time, he was not only the best available free agent, but he was one of the best hitting catchers, if not the best hitting catcher in the league. He's performed to that contract up until this year. Mm-hmm. And when all of these points and stats and everything were brought up to argue Carl's point, his reply was, if he's so good, why has he been available so many times? I think that's a yeah, horrible argument. argument. Yeah. Look at what, I, he was, what people paid for him. I don't. Yeah, I don't buy that part. But it, I would. I will say. I don't even think it's not even on Yasmani Grandal. It's because obviously we know the White Sox. They're never gonna, uh, you know, sign the hundred million dollar free agent. Um. So it's the moves that followed it, and especially this past off season, it where you spend most of your money on relievers, and it's like, you, you, you could have had a better second baseman or a or a major league outfielder that plays right field. Oh, Moncada's in Tibet. Sorry, go on. No, like, and Aldo has become yeah. a robot. <laughs> Aldo. <laughs> What's that? You froze and went all robot on us for like. I thought we were playing war games. Shall yeah. we play a game? Yep. It wasn't even your setup. It was your internet. It wasn't your microphone. No, it is my internet. Um, but you know, it, it's just all the it's the moves after Grandol because Grandol is that you. He's like, well, yeah, when he was signed, top three like hitting catcher, probably second behind uh, Real Muto. Um, everybody loves him in the clubhouse. The framing, like best framer in the game. Mm-hmm. You had to make that move. Like, why not? Uh, but I it's just the moves the, after I, that. I don't. I mean, I understand he's had a he's having a bad season this year, historically bad season. But at the time. That was the right move. I mean, first half of last year, too, he was having a pretty terrible season, minus the walk. I mean, the, the problem, what I'm concerned with this year is last year at the beginning, he had, like, the knee injury excuse, and now he doesn't, which is a little bit more concerning. But to your point, I think, you know, he provides a lot. Like, the Tim Anderson situation, where he's in his ear, like, that's good leadership that you want to have in a locker room. I remember when he first got signed with the White Sox at Sox Fest, he was, like, talking during, like, one of the panels, and he said he was, like, already playing catch with, like, pitchers. Like, so he provides a lot. He puts a lot of work in. It just we got to see power numbers come up a little yeah. bit. So I'm going to give him a little bit. I, I wouldn't say it's been a bad signing at all, because I think, you you know, I, I think it was a smart signing, and I think you've gotten most of your money's worth. It's just got to pick up the power numbers because he's never hit for average. He's just got to start hitting some home runs. Uh, I, I, I will say struck out looking by the way. That's why I have him. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. At least he didn't get hurt. So that, that's good. Well, we don't know yet. Let's knock on wood. <laughs> Trips walking back to the yeah. dugout. I was going to say, I don't think not a bad signing. I think it could turn into a bad signing if this continues. And then if he finishes with like a slugging percentage in the 200s, then yeah, (laughs) like absolutely. (laughs) Like, and then, and then you have, you know, you enter your final year and it's like, dang, is he good anymore? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Cause like, this is like, again, we all talk about windows. Mm -hmm. It's like, the strange thing is too, he's not even hitting right-handed pitchers well this year. 
And I always thought he had more power from the left-hand side, and his splits have not been good, if you look mm-hmm. at it. I think he was batting, I might be mistaken, I think it was 145 against righty. This is yeah, yeah it, and he's not even walking anymore. I mean, yeah. And the end, I don't, I couldn't name one other white catcher in the White Sox system besides, you know, Jack Mehoff. Uh, you mean backup? No, fuck God, no. <laughs> I was gonna say the other thing with uh, with um, um, with Grandall and you know talking about you know last year at the beginning, it's like all right, he had the injury. Um, but even this year, they also did the whole like McGuire is starting a lot. Yeah, and he's plate. about to hit a home run right now. So you so like, you can't even you can't even say like oh like he's been you know he's been grinding back there at catcher. It's like uh, he's been DHing a lot. So. Yeah, this is oh, true. Oh, oh, oh. Is it oh, gone? Oh, no, he flew out to second base. Damn it. <laughs> That's a home run in an elevator shaft, though. So, you Maybe. know. <laughs> oh, actually, it was a ground ball. I'm watching the, the, the it's not cast? the actual game. It's the game cast. Because when I tried to so do you, show, I, I, I thought it was like a deep fly ball that you really used. I just, well, the, the little dotted line started going. I was like, yeah, keep going, little dotted line. <laughs> Five hundred dollars. Uh, oh, now Gavin Sheets is pitching. Now, now they're gonna get back into it. Are they in the ninth? Uh, yes, thankfully. Two outs in the ninth. Sheets is in. No one on. No hope. It over. But I uh, don't. You guys got anything else before I go? Huff glue. Oh come on! It's That's a real bad. bad week to stop sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, uh, all the, what do you? I mean, right now we're in this. We're still. We're Cubs are in the thick of this. Uh, yeah, this brutal stretch really, where it's pretty much all the contenders except for uh, the Orioles. The sauce, yeah. How do you think they've fared so far? I mean, obviously they've they've snaked one, and they might snake one tonight again from the Brewers in a really close, low scoring game. They obviously split with the White Sox. Um, do you feel like? Is this gonna? Will this delay anything when it comes to Jed and you know, a potential fire sale? Oh no! I mean, they're gonna. They're. We all knew they were entering the season. That they're gonna just trade every veteran they had, anyone on expiring contracts. Uh, well, the annoying thing about the Cubs is that uh, I think they're five and thirteen in one run games, or five and fourteen, something like that. Uh, so that's frustrating because you you always play the game like oh you know score a couple runs here, don't give up a couple runs there. The record is better. But uh, if you're losing a lot of those games, and if you're in a lot of one-run games, that, that means you're just not a good team, uh, which they're not. That means you just can't put teams away, which they haven't. They score a lot. I think like they're first or second in Major League Baseball scoring in the first inning. Uh, but then they just kind of shut down after that. Um, the bullpen was great like most of May, and then after that Cincinnati series and then the blown game on Sunday against the Sox, they're – bullpen has dropped down to like seventh in the NL when they were they're like top three in all of Major League Baseball for a while there uh mm-hmm. but you know they're gonna trade again it's so sad because Wilson Contreras just keeps hitting every, every ball guys it's like a hundred miles per hour minimum exit velocity 116 uh, miles an hour yeah, on that thing was smoked. Yeah. 116 <laughs> yeah, yeah like, real quick real birds. quick Robinson Cano plays for the Padres does Go he on. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they may just sign the man. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, I was like, to see what was the last good Han movie, movie, but I'd be like Titanic. But that. Well, there's and your then, mercy. There's your mercy killing. 
And then the other frustrating part with the Cubs is like, I like they were again the chances of of them being competitive at all. And like when I say competitive, is like being around five hundred would be, you know, a lot of their pitching had to be healthy. And right now, I know the Sox. I mean, I don't have to tell the Sox fans about health. Cubs have like ten pitchers injured. (laughs) Like half of them are starting pitchers. Miley, Smiley, uh, your boy. They started the season. So, Asley was out. Asley, Asley, yeah. and Tommy John. Like apparently, all these guys just injured. Apparently, Robinson Cano got DFA'd by the Padres. Um, oh, no. It's bad for the White Sox. How much do you they want it, though? They don't No, Not at all. Not in the least bit. Not one iota. He can give Grandal some steroids, boost those power numbers. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like Mitch. I, I, Mitch, I appreciate your positive outlook on these things. I all do. right, here you go, guys. Door A, Robinson Cano for second base, left-handed bat, second base. Door B, outfielder, left-handed bat, veteran presence, Jason Hayward. Who are you taking? Do I have is money involved? A or B? In no, there's only A or B. There's, there's no Jason. C. <laughs> is there Sorry, money no, involved? Uh, yeah, you know, you have you pay him the league minimum. <laughs> oh, league minimum? Well, yeah, because they, they're. I'll take Hayward they, on they the league minimum. I'll take yeah. Hayward on the league minimum. Okay. That's the. If those are my two options. Yeah. Cano's like a deflated balloon <laughs> with eyeballs right now. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, no, thank you. So everybody, again, that fourth voice you heard today, and if you're watching that you're seeing, that's Mitch Kaminsky. Uh, Kaminsky. I got to say it right for the Polish brethren. That's Kaminsky. right. Yeah. Kaminsky, um, Kaminsky yeah. you got it right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you can find Mitch and his work on Sports Mockery again. He's covering all things White Sox for us. He's doing a hell of a job. Uh, he's going to be on the show every week now in one way or the other, either as the fourth member of the crew, like he is tonight, or he's going to come on and do like a 15 to 20 minute segment talking about one of his featured articles from the week. So we're really happy to have Mitch on here. Uh, Mitch, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah. At Mitch Kaminsky 99. So most of the uh, white Sox stuff is retweeted there or just follow sports mockery too. And you'll get all the white Sox stuff. But uh, yeah, if you want to follow me at Mitch Kaminsky 99, I have some slow witted observations about the white Sox on there as well. So, you know, you can look forward to that. Mm-hmm. And that's K A M I N S K I. He's another good ski. Um, but yeah, thanks Mitch. We appreciate you being here and we're looking thanks forward for having to having me. you for the rest of the season, bud. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, it was fun. Hopefully we, yeah. Hopefully we get some better uh, better White Sox baseball to talk about instead of base uh, running flutters and some batting. For those, those of you that are listening, that that push notice that you that sound you just heard was Mitch's phone as I just followed him on Twitter. As you all should Thanks, too. Uh, I do appreciate that the dynamic has once again been evened out on this show, though. As we kept going, I was like, this is actually kind of nice having two Sox fans and two Cubs fans again. Well, now we have three Sox fans and one Cubs fan. What? You, Mitch, and Kevin. Oh, that's a deep burn. Actually, no. I'll take it back. Two and a half. Kevin just likes baseball, although. Get off his nuts. I'm just busting both. Um, Actually, Mitch, you're going to be the only Sox fan on next week. I will not be on the shoe. I will be in San Francisco. I'm trying to go see Carlos Rodon pitch while I'm there. Beautiful stadium, by the way. It lives up to the hype. I, I yeah, that's one of my favorites. Everybody's saying that. Bring a jacket. It gets cold. It is freezing there. You think Please. California? I made that mistake too. I say, oh, it's California. I'll be fine. Is it California in June is cold. 
Uh, in the San Francisco specifically. Yeah, yeah by the bay there, there yeah. you're going to want to bring a sweatshirt. Yeah. 100%. Don't make the mistake of wearing a t shirt and shorts to a, a, a Giants game or you'll be buying a blanket. Yeah. I, yeah. And I was there in August last year too. And it was still. Yep. Yeah. Are you going to make a sign, though? We miss you. Southside. Carlos, come back. <laughs> I'm going to sit there with a boombox. I'll hold it over my head just like. Baby, come back. Like Jerry apologizes to Boris, we'll give you money. Yeah, well, well let's not kid ourselves. If, if I really want that to happen, I'll go find Ashley Rodon in the crowd and be like, <laughs> "You gotta come back. You gotta bring him back. We need him. Come back, please." But the like, I don't want to open up a can of worms again. But like Mitch said, the pitching's not the problem right now. I was gonna say the funniest thing would be like if, by whatever miracle, Rodon uh, went back to the Sox, the first twenty t- tweets would be like, "Can he hit?" Can he, he can he play second base? Can he play second base? Can he play right field? Yeah, can he play that? But all right, so for Mitch, Aldo, Fids, Amzo, we'll see you all next. Well, they'll see you next week. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. Take care of each other. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the board, yeah. Put it on the board, yeah. Put it on the board. Every season, make it all change.